Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Love this lady's voice. <laughs> what, mine? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the one lady I love. Um, okay. Aww. And welcome to Ladies Who London podcast. I'm Emily Dell. And I'm Alex Lacey and we're qualified London Blue Badge tourist guides. Each week we bring to you some of the best bits of London. We talk about our favourite people places and events. With Why are we so terrible? I say we, me. Hey, that was all you. I've done my line. We talk about our favourite people, places and events with a bit of information, a lot of laughs and a whole lot of fun. We can be found on Instagram at Ladies Who London Podcast and on our websites, guideemily.com and alexlacy.com for information about our upcoming walking tours and virtual tours, as well as what the Blue Badge Guiding Qualification is all about. Hello. Plip, plip, plip. Hello. Oh, no, don't do that, because then I can't cut it out, you devil. (laughs) You're right up there, aren't you? Sorry, darling. How are you? No, you're not. I'm very well. How are you? Yes, I'm good. I am, yes, very well. Very well. I am so done with this summer. What is this summer all about? I the weather know. is really shonky. It is, can't bear it? it. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's just turned completely on its head isn't it it feels like autumn i'm not happy it does not happy no i'm guessing that you haven't been in the paddling pool this week it's cold now oh bugger well i haven't been in it because i don't need to because i just go out in the rain no true. anyway how are you yes i'm good um like last week i've just been diving into the olympics um i'm obsessed obsessed. i love the olympics and i'm just obsessed with it any particular sport? Any, anything that's on anything that's on i'll watch i'll watch olympic i don't watch sport any other time but when the olympics are on all bets are off that's it i'm i'm in it's just so good isn't it <gasps> the bmx the... the other day was incredible i've never watched bmx oh before God. and it was the first the first one of that thing beth the woman the woman charlotte who won gold oh was it charlotte god i'm just getting confused yeah oh, she was sure. um gosh so young and just the tricks Incredible. that she was doing was just it just makes you want to go oh my god i also want to take up that sport and just know that you <laughs> yeah just no i don't I, I would not be good at being <laughs> <laughs> i love that and today i haven't watched it yet i'm gonna do the client um, the, the climax and the, high, <laughs> the highlights um the, the climbing the speed climbing 
Oh, the speed, what? The speed climbing? Speed climbing. Speed, like, auto belay climbing. <gasps> I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. yeah, seriously. Like, they go up this wall. They're like Spider-Man and they jump up within, like, five seconds. They just, they don't really use their legs on the wall. They just jump up using their hands. It's You incredible. could totally do that. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> next year. Charlotte well, not next year. Four more years, I'll be there. Charlotte Worthington. There we go. That was the... Oh, that's it. But Charlotte I think there was a Beth, a Beth somebody her. who won something else on the BMX. Another flippy, typey, BMX-y thing. I oh, was there? Yeah, I'll pretty much watch anything apart from the cycling. <gasps> really? Yeah, that's oh, not I really I was loving the cycling. BMX, the yes. I love that when the terrain is all wibbly wobbly. But um, <laughs> the cycling, I, you know, I appreciate it in oh, terms it was of so exciting the, the other day. Oh, really? They, yeah. they cycle so fast. <laughs> yeah, true. I don't know. Maybe I didn't give it enough time. But for oh. me, um, I love the skateboarding. Um, oh, I've not watched that. I think that was last week. Um, gymnastics. Yeah. Well, there we go. Anyway, <laughs> enough of what we've been up to. It's <laughs> just turning into a weekly catch-up. I know. So how you been? <laughs> I'm forgetting that people might possibly be listening. <laughs> or, or, and also not care. How are you guys? <laughs> how are you? How is, yeah, how is everybody out there? Have you all been how watching the Olympics? <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> oh, quickly before, though. before we forget, Alex, I've got to do a bit of a shout-out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just a shout out to lovely Chloe out there. Chloe is one of our one of our fans, one of our listeners, and is always sending messages. Fans, and... I'll get you. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you are a fan, aren't you, Chloe? <laughs> Chloe? If she could talk back, she'd be like, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, shout out to Chloe. Thanks so much for listening. Um, and I've got to say um, hello and a shout out to um, Susan Thompson and uh, Karen, because they have both... Um, been what oh, they've been they've been they've been with me from the start from global tea break and they're coming into london in a couple of weeks to do some of the stuff that i've been recommending like greenwich oh, and things like that so, brilliant so uh brilliant. hi to both of them and they've both been doing my virtual tours and i've not met them in real life but they're coming into london so uh fantastic um, so yeah so i thought i'd say um hello to them as well hello 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 right so right. So we need to find out the results of last week's podcast pedestal. Uh, if do. anyone's new, uh, then you might not know that every week, because we, we are slightly competitive, um, <laughs> decide that we're going to fight it out to um, pick our best bits of the previous week's story. Uh, so last week you picked, so we, we talked about... Um, Jack Shepard. We did you forgot, indeed. didn't you? You forgot. No, no, I didn't forget. Yes, you did. I saw the face. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we spoke about Jack Shepard, um, escape artist extraordinaire. Yeah, amazing. I, I love him. He's, he's so fun. He's so fun. Um, and so your pick uh, was the portrait that was painted of him by a rather famous artist, Sir James Thornhill. Yes, I just thought that it was quite a good one because, you know, the... The fact that he came into Newgate Prison and wanted to paint him, you know, he was probably busy. I mean, he's doing the inner dome of St Paul's <laughs> Cathedral. He's got all sorts of gigs around it's London got stuff and around on. the country. It's got stuff on. And it's like, hang on a minute, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a little bit of time out of my busy day and, and schedule and go to Newgate Prison, and um, I'm gonna paint or sketch uh, Jack Shepard. So I think that no. really shows how popular or how, you know, what a character he was. People wanted to see him in the flesh. Yeah, how much in the kind of public consciousness he was. And yes. I love that thing about him being sort of 
a bit of a badden and a bit of a you know breaking out of jail and everyone's like but this is cool (laughs) (laughs) yeah right yeah. The government are like, it really isn't. And everyone's like, let's write a book Yay! on it. <laughs> um, and my pick was uh, the fact that he was so just cheeky and full of gumption that he, um, when they'd arrested him, he sat there with the guards and showed them that he, how he could pick his way out of the locks that they had him chained in. Seriously, Which is hilarious. Yeah. 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 yeah it has to be it, better than that. It's a really good one. And actually, when I was writing up the polls, I thought um, in terms of the word aspect. Oh, here we go. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) No, I did think, you know, um, I can't remember how I put it now, but I did think, well, how should I put it? Um, I I think you put uh, showing the, I can't remember now. Showing off, showing off to the guards. Possibly, yeah. So uh, it's all about the wording, isn't it? (laughs) Because she knows, she knows that she's lost this week. (laughs) I do know, unfortunately, because I I have seen polls. I've seen two out of three polls. It's thirty-five to sixty-five percent. Oh, to you, isn't it? To me, to you. I'm I'm not shocked at all this week. Yes, it's it's all about the wording, not about the the content. Hilarious. All about well, the words. All about the words. I don't know if you know everybody, but I put the polls up. So <laughs> whatever. <laughs> no, congratulations. Thank you very much. Well Thank done. Much. Well done. You are now one ahead. One ahead. One, one ahead. Twenty-two to twenty-one. It's all pretty tight at the moment, isn't it? Well, it is. let's get on to this week's one and see if we can't, um, you know, give me more of a head start. <laughs> Well, I'm excited this week because last week you said that this week was going to be quite sexy. It's going to be sexy. Yes, it is. Uh, because I am talking about a lady who I'm I'm kind of fascinated about um, because I... So during lockdown, one of the tours, one of the many tours that I decided I was going to write was one about the Georgian sex trade. Because I know, right? Because it's something that's always fascinated me. The kind of the harlots and the boards and all of that. And um, I thought, now's the time. Let's let's write it. I've got the time. And so I've been doing that walking tour uh, a little bit last summer when we could, and then this summer as well. And it's it's turning into my most popular tour. Excellent. It's kind of fun and it's a little bit sexy. And uh, some people have seen the Harlots TV show and it, it, it talks about, you know, the kind of the story behind that. Um, and one of the most famous courtesans of the 18th century, because the Georgian sex trade was enormous. Uh, and I'm not going to spoil my tour for people. I know some some people who listen who have been on it already. Um, but it was one of the biggest industries in London at the time and it brought in about 20 million pounds a year in old money yeah it's huge wow that is huge huge industry Mm. and they reckon that um one in five women in london at the time at some point in their life were involved in the georgian sex trade whether Mm. that's directly or slightly tangentially you know is not 100 percent clear but that's what they reckon um so it's an enormous amount of people and of course you have everything within that because it was you know there are people are talking about how if it weren't for the harlots the the, the sex workers that soho and so other areas of london would be almost entirely empty because they are taking up so much space mm. they are working they're living and some of them are making really really good money not everyone of course a lot of them are you know it's it's hand-to-mouth existence and you're not making much but where you've got 
the poorest of the poor, you're always always going to get the richest of the rich as well. Mm, and this is where we true. get the amazing Kitty Fisher. <gasps> meow. Meow. And she's basically a bit of a Georgian it girl. Oh. She's incredible. Okay. So do you know anything about her? Um, not much, no. Um, no, I know the era, and I know that she was a, a little bit of a, a cheeky woman, shall we say, a little bit of a floozy. Um, <laughs> um, Is that your way of saying she was a harlot? Yes, she was. She was a, she was a bit of a, you know, a bit of a cheeky one. Um, but no, nothing, no details really, so I'm very excited so Kitty Fisher is, I, one of the things I love about her is she is a master of her own PR. She becomes, she's born in, in quite what, what what I guess the Georgians would term humble beginnings. Oh. Uh, in fact, she's been referred to her parentage as low and mean, which is always, you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I don't particularly like the whole classism thing, but Georgians were quite a big fan of it. And, and that, you know, they were sort of saying, oh, well, she's from very low stock and, and whatever. And so the fact that she becomes one of the most, not just the most famous courtesans, but one of the most famous women in the country is really quite incredible. And the reason, the way she does this is by her own PR and really clever use of artists and poets and the media all the way back before, you know, social media was a thing. If she was on Instagram now, she'd be bloody unbearable. I was just going to say, she sounds like she'd be like an incredible mentor to so many. Oh yeah, but she'd be, you know, she'd, She'd be Kardashian level, although I'd like, I'd like to think that she's not quite the same. But anyway, um, but yeah, she would be, I mean, she'd be up there. So she was born, we don't exactly know when she's born. This is the thing about this Georgian era is all the aristocrats and stuff we know everything about. You know, you've got your your, um, your Jane Austen view of society, which is all, you know, bowing and, oh, sir, Mr. Darcy and fountains mm, and all that. Bowing and bonnets. Exactly. Um, but the thing is, we don't know that much about the normal people. Because one of the ways that we know a lot about people nowadays is, is due to income tax. Because every year you submit income tax and they have the information about who you are, where you live, what you do, yada, yada, yada. Mm. And that doesn't come in till the late 1700s. So we've got Kitty Fisher, who is born approximately 1741, possibly 1739. Reports vary. We don't quite know. Okay. We don't really know much about her early life either. Again, she flies under the radar because she's not a person of, you know, aristocratic renown or anything like that. So mm. her young life, we don't know much. It's thought that her father might have been German. Okay. And possibly was a stay maker. Oh. Uh, do you know what a stay maker would be? I don't actually. So the stays are the kind of things that you would put in, it's for, it's for structure really. So often in um, bodices, you know, um, boning in corsets and things like that. Oh, right. Um, and also for hats and stuff like that as well. Oh. So this is what Kitty Fisher kind of, she sort of does this. She goes into being a hat maker, um, which turns out that it is actually quite a favourite trade of harlots because you you know start out doing that, you can plug your gaps in your income should you need as well. But Kitty Fisher, and this is where, you know, we've talked about quite a lot of women on this podcast. And what's the one thing they always have in common? They are not going to take what they've been given as the end point. No, very true. I think a lot of, well, probably nearly all of the women that we've spoke about are just absolute fire starters. Hmm. And I guess they kind of have to be, because if you think really up until the 19, I mean, what? 50s, 60s, 60s, really. Mm. If you're going to be 
if you're if you're a woman that's gone out in history, it means you've done something. Yeah, exactly. It's if not we're that talking you're about just them, a man with a title. Yeah, 18th century, then they've got to be a powerhouse. Exactly. They've got to have something about them where they go. They either that or they've, you know, met some pretty sticky end. In which case, you know, yeah. we, we know sometimes know their name, not always. Um, case in point, Jack the Ripper. You know, we don't. Well, we didn't until recently know too much about his victims. Anyway, I digress. Um, so she decides I'm not going to sit here making hats. I'm going to go and get the spotlight i want a bit of i want a bit of fame and fortune and i want that easy life and the comfort that comes along mm. with it and it's all about who you know especially in the georgian era if you think about jane austen you think you know it's all about introducing people to to certain people and, and getting into the right you know the right circles and all that kind of thing so she's like that's what i've got to do now do you know there's a nursery rhyme that has her name in it. Do you know that nursery rhyme? Kitty or Fisher? Well, both. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, Kitty Fisher, Kitty Fisher, what a disher, what a disher. <laughs> you do can know I, I edit this thing, her, right? Can I kiss her? <laughs> Is that not the one? You do know I can edit that right out. <laughs> Please. Um, um, no, it's, so it's Lucy Lockett lost her pocket. Kitty Fisher found it. Not a penny was therein, save for a ribbon round it. Lucy Lockett. Wow. Yeah. So okay. the the words of that, now, you know, they've sort of changed a little bit over time, but um, we, this is the story of kind of Kitty Fisher and, and a lady called Lucy, Lucy, who was um, a barmaid in, um, in the time when Kitty is sort of up and coming. So she does hat making, then she becomes a barmaid as well. Now um, it's, it's, it it talks about the two of them and the fact that now there's there's a little bit of sort of chat about exactly what it means and I I have a separate theory. Um, mm, okay, here we go. She says, she's thinking she knows everything, um, but basically um, Lucy and Kitty were were barmaids together. Um, we believe somewhere around Fleet Street. We're not hundred percent sure, and. Um, we do know that it's it's a place that Samuel Pepys, that wonderful diarist, has been. Not in the same time, obviously, but he's been to this pub. It's been around a while. And they, both Lucy and Kitty, were pretty poor at the time. And the idea is that when you were paid or if you wanted, if you got money you wanted to hide, you would put it in a little little pocket, you know, a, a well, yeah, essentially a bit of cloth that was tied with a ribbon. And you'd then tie it around your leg under your skirt so people couldn't see it. Oh. Um, that's one That's one theory about it. That um, And that... Um, uh, Lucy dropped it and Kitty found it, but you know Lucy might have been saying, oh, "I've got loads of money," and Kitty finds it. And she's like, "You haven't." That's one. The other one, possibly, is that um, uh, Lucy had a, a lover, a kind of wealthy lover, and that she ended up sort of running through all of his finances, and then she decides, "I don't want you anymore," and she sort of throws him to one side. At which point, Kitty picks up with him, um, and the fact isn't, you know, he's not got any money, but she's essentially. Um, sort of planting her claim on him and going, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be a bit vindictive about this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Ooh, kitty, pick him meow up. indeed. And then that she possibly put a little ribbon around um, the this this lover's wrist to sort of show Lucy that she was, you know, she he, he was he was hers now. He was hers. This kind of shows a little bit about Kitty and and her slightly kind of um, mercenary attitude to Ooh, getting I wasn't the man that she wants. This Alex. The what now? My I have a slightly different theory about it. Well, it's sort of slightly linked to the other one. There is something that a ribbon used to be put around. Now look away now if you are um, of a faint heart, um, because the very first condom 
that was ever made was made of uh, sheep gut with a ribbon around the top. So again, it's to do with stealing a lover. Um, but my theory is that I might potentially link to that as well. Oh my God. I'm definitely going to soundscape that and put that on Instagram. <laughs> Please don't. But anyway. <laughs> right. So there Gosh, we go. Okay. So this gives us a little, which it, whatever the correct story is, it gives us a little bit of a sense of the fact that, you know, Kitty obviously has ideas and, and this idea of, I'm going to, I'm going to move from where I am. I'm going to, it's about contacts. It's not about money so much. It's about contacts. Okay. And that she, that's what she's going to do. So this is what she ends up doing. She ends up taking up with a uh, member of the military, a chap called Anthony George Martin. Oh, not Anthony George Martin. Oh, yes, that, fam- <laughs> that, that famed man. Um, and he ends up becoming Lieutenant General, which is obviously quite high up. Mm. And because she's taken up with him, she is immediately kind of catapulted into these, these upper echelons of society. And she starts to take on a variety of wealthy lovers. Now, this is where she starts to really be, begin to curate her image and kind of her self-publicity. She, uh, um, so, well, she, I'm going to come back to that because I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, who was famous in the time and, and what, what was fame, really. Because you've got this, this huge big sex industry going on. You've got all of these aristocrats and, and things, you know, running around and doing all this. And, um, and I always say on my tour, I'm going to ruin Mr. Darcy for you. Um, and the... The, the, the real hub, the, the centre of prostitution is Covent Garden, mm. which is known as the Square of Venus. But it also, in later years, goes up in towards Soho. And this is the, the period that Kitty's around. She's around in the sort of mid-1700s. And so Soho becomes really quite um, a high-end, um, very discreet area for uh, the sex industry. Mm. And this is where Kitty um, is hanging out. This is where she lives. And there is a book which I delve into on my tour about the women in the area. And she does pop up in at least one edition of this as well. But the people who are famous in this era era are actors, musicians, royalty, artists. And so to have two, well, I say two women because there was Kitty Fisher and another lady called Fanny Murray, who were so, (laughs) of course, so massively famous. And they didn't belong to any of those particular groups. So they're kind of like the first... I mean, I'm calling her a Georgian it girl, and I kind of love that because it's sort of it is. People want to copy their their dress, their style, their makeup, their hair, Goodness. and the gossip papers. You know, we've got them today. They were the same back then. They absolutely loved reporting about these two women. Where were they going? What were they doing? Who were they hanging out with? Mm. And you get songs and paintings and all this kind of stuff. And now, are, are there quite a few images that you can find today of what they oh, look yeah. like? Oh, yes, great. absolutely. And I'm going to come on to um, come on to that because the first time... So bear in mind, she's been born in, we think, ni- um, 1741. We get to 1759 and there's a big scandal. So at this point, <laughs> she is, um, well, po- probably 18, we think, if, if the, if the, the, you know, um, the her date of birth is correct. And there's a big scandal. So she is sort of coming up in in society um and, and this thing society they have this very big thing about being the right person at the right place etc but of course kitty is a sex worker she's a harlot she's a, a courtesan so there's a very different attitude you know while they are kind of celebrating her massively the press are also um kind of going oh well you know she's of low morality and and all of this kind of stuff so it's it kind of like a 
bit of a poison chalice, but she plays into this. Well, I was going to say, because sometimes, you know, if you get, uh, I mean, they say no publicity, um, what is it? It's bad publicity. It's bad publicity, bad, yeah. yeah. bad publicity. So I guess, you know, people want to find out more about her if, you know, if the, the newspapers are saying, oh, she's this and that and, oh, you know, yeah. bad Kitty Fisher. Exactly. And so she plays into it. And this is where we see exactly that um, in 1759, a bit of a scandal. Mm. Kitty goes right. She's a very accomplished horsewoman, right? So she's going riding through St. James's Park. And all of a sudden she falls off her horse. And as she does so, you know, a variety of people rush to help her. And they see that she is not wearing any underwear. <gasps> oh, my goodness me. On a horse as well. I know. Ooh. So, of course, she's you know, falling off legs akimbo. Whoa. Uh, you know, the, the goods Could you are... let me help you out? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the goods are available to view, essentially. Gosh, she's like, um, oh, I wasn't expecting to fall. Well, well, this is the thing, right? We don't know whether she fell on purpose or by accident. Oh. The, 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 the reports are that she was kind of quite flustered and a bit sort of, you know, overcome. And then very suddenly she kind of regained her composure and, and was sort of all you know, then joking and, and high spirits and she sort of flung herself into a sedan chair and got carted back off the other side of town. I don't know what happened to her horse, but anyway. Oh my God. But I mean, that is a bit extreme to, you know, I mean, fair enough when people kind of fake fainting, but to to fake falling off a horse, you know, she could have got seriously hurt. Yeah, she could have done. Or to show her. Exactly. But of course the press go mad, don't they? Oh, I bet they do. The press oh, it's a good job they didn't have any cameras back then. <laughs> well, quite. And you can now find there are pic- there are um, pictures that were put in the press of oh, this sketches, sort of, <laughs> sketches of this um, of, of this uh, occurrence of her sort of you know flying off the horse. Gosh. And now, so like you say, it, you know, thing is, if you're a good horse rider, you know how to fall safely. So you know, on grass, I don't know, whatever. But so whether or not it happened on purpose or not, we don't know. <laughs> God, I can just imagine she's like, right, here we go, Black Booty, this is our chance. Yeah, you go that way, I'll go this way. Whoop. Um, knees up. But um, <laughs> but at this point, because the press go mad, she decides she's going to get in touch with a very famous painter, Joshua Reynolds, who is oh, already hello. popular for his portraits, right? Mm-hmm. And she thinks, well, I mean, I, this is where I, I would love to think that, that the falling off the horse was orchestrated because... This is what kind of catapults her upwards oh, in society because she becomes this. She's already famous, but she goes stratospheric <gasps> at this point. It sounds like the 21st century version of, well, actually, it would be 20th century of um, Jordan. You know, when I think like Jordan kind of <laughs> started showing her bits off, and suddenly that catapulted her into. And it did, didn't it? Yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever it was. Oh, we, 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 down, we downgraded Kitty Fishing. That's such a shame. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> damn it. Yes, we are, aren't we? Ignore that. Anyway, Anyway, uh, Kardashian, Jordan. Anyway, um, so she she goes up to Joshua Reynolds and she goes, look, um, let's let's do some stuff. Let's paint some stuff. So that's what they um, they do. Now, um, they he first mentions her in 1759. And in that first year of working together, his appointment book has at least 20 appointments with in that year alone with her. So he starts doing these portraits of her. And prints, he starts doing these mezzotint prints, which start being sold. And what's they are mez- sold. What's mezzotint? It, it's a, it's a basically it's a type of of um, replicating artworks back in the day before oh, we had here we go, and stuff. Here we go. <laughs> so these start to get sold in their thousands, and you know, which kind of suggests that the public are really interested in her. So this sort of 
the fall in St. James has really made her name. And then by working with Joshua Reynolds, she's playing into that. And she is kind of using it for self-publicity. Very, very clever. Mm. And Joshua Reynolds goes on to paint tons of portraits of her. Um, Usually, though, they are for his own pleasure rather than a commission. Because, of course, Joshua Reynolds, for those who don't know him, one of the most celebrated painters of his time. And along with kind of Gainsborough and people like that, they are being paid to do portraits of, you know, whoever. Military men, fam, you know, couples, families, all that kind of thing. Um, And so rather than do that, he is painting these portraits. And the great thing is he actually goes to a lot of the brothels in Soho and Covent Garden to paint the women. Because, of course, you can paint more of the body there than you can oh, with... Betty does the dirty <laughs> know. devil. It's whether like, you know... <laughs> whether that's the only reason he's going, or oh, you don't know. We never, he, actually, we never get to link him uh, in, in a love interest, so we don't know what his, um, yeah, true. What his direction is. But anyway, um, so yeah, so he, he, gets, he gets to paint, you know, a bit of neck or a bit of ankle or or possibly a little bit of boob. Oh, my um, God. But in Kitty's, <laughs> Kitty's case, what on earth is he... What is he painting? Well, exactly. Well, no, actually, he is, he is painting her usually pretty fully clothed. Um, oh. But, you know, of course, Georgian women, it's all about um, propriety and all of that stuff. So you're yes. never going to get somebody showing him a bit of clavicle or anything like that, really. No. Oh, God, no. Clavicle. Clavicle. Oh, my the body, God. Obviously. Clavicle. <laughs> Just want to kiss that clavicle. Absolutely. Um, and it's thought, we don't know for definite, but it's thought that some of the early um, portraits of Kitty were commissioned by a chap called the Commander Augustus Keppel. Do you know the name Keppel? Oh, Alice Keppel. Absolutely. Um, yes. The very famous mistress of Edward VII. Yes. Um, now, he is her ancestor. Um, we don't know for definite, but we know that Reynolds and, and Keppel were very good friends and he met Kitty on several occasions. And uh, it's thought that a couple of the early ones um, were made or commissioned by him. Um, that he then kept in his studio so that people could come and see the kind of mm. thing that he could do. Um, do you know who's descended from um, Alice Keppel? Oh, her daughter went to school with Vita Sackville West, and Vita oh. had uh, a thing with her. Really? All yeah. the Keppels get around, don't they? I can't, for the love of me, remember her name. Okay, well, there's two people in 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 our era who are descended from them. Do you remember Judith Keppel, who won, uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Oh yes, yeah, she's descended from. Oh gosh, but yeah. The more famous one is Camilla Parker Bowles. Oh, was she a Keppel? Yeah, she's a Keppel. And the oh. most hilarious thing, apparently, is her chat up line to Prince Charles many many years ago. They met on the um on the polo field, apparently, and she wandered up to him and went, "Oh, I'm I'm descended from Alice Keppel, who used to." Have it off with your great grandfather or whatever it was. How funny! I know. You can just imagine her doing that. Well, well done, Camilla. Funny. Great shout out line. It worked eventually. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, whilst patting him on the back. <laughs> <laughs> so these portraits with Joshua Reynolds really kind of cement um, her fame and her um, her kind of place in in people's psyche and in society. Um, and of course, like I mentioned earlier, this this thing of the the press are going we love her we love to talk about her gossip 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 oh but also we you know they accuse her of immorality and greed and also one of the things they say is because of course they know that she is paid for her body for for sex and um so they start to say well she's not a mother so she's doing something and they basically say she's she's avoid she's got an aversion to maternity 
Uh, And they say that she's doing it by horrid means. Now, whatever they might be insinuating there, we don't know anything about that. um, Mm. It is time. But like I say, the first condoms had come in. So there's maybe, I don't know. I don't know. We don't know anything really too much about that. Which makes it all the more interesting that Reynolds is actually very sensitive about how he depicts her. There's possibly the most famous portrait of Kitty Fisher is the one of her. One thing that um, Reynolds used to do was to take society women and to put them in um, the place of uh, like a kind of Greek or Roman myth so that they, or, or history, you know, famous women from history or muses or angels or things like that. And with um, Kitty Fisher, he portrays her as Cleopatra. Oh. And there's a very famous... Go on. I was just going to say, is that to kind of, um, I don't know, mask some of their their personality or... Well, it was just the fashion of the day that people wanted those kind of, uh, those gods and goddesses and different people up on their wall. Yeah, I mean, partly that. I mean, also, you say masking personality, it's more like giving someone personality because a lot of these women are, you know... They're just, at, they're just at home kind of going, being a dutiful wife. And so to suddenly have a picture of her on the wall being a muse or something would be quite exciting. But mm. Kitty's the other way around. She's She's got so much personality. She doesn't need to be portrayed as Cleopatra or anything. But there's kind of an interesting thing about this. So the particular scene that he's portraying is a very famous um, uh, story of Cleopatra. She had this bet with her lover, Mark Antony. And they had a bet on who could, I believe it's that who could spend more on a single meal. And um, a, a glass of wine is placed in front of her and she takes off one of her pearl earrings and she drops it into the wine, waits for it to dissolve and then she swallows it, clearly kind of winning the bet and supposedly then winning Mark Antony's oh, part as well. fantastic. That's wonderful. So there's quite a lot of parallels there yeah. because, you know, Kitty is also a woman who can use her beauty and her charm and her sexuality to be in control and in power. So actually being portrayed as Cleopatra is just solidifying that, you know, amazing view of this strong, sexual, beautiful woman mm. who is able to kind of wrap men around their little finger. Absolutely. Oh, oh, this, is, this is what that. I mean about her PR and her self-publicity. Whether or not she had any uh, say in, in being portrayed as Cleopatra, we don't know. But whichever way it is, you know, that has this really kind of gone into massively helped her along. Exactly. Now, mm. there's a little bit of talk over their relationship. Was there a sexual relationship between the two of them? The answer is we don't know. We've never been able to link Joshua Reynolds to any lover. So, we, like I say, we don't know which, which way he went. Um, but we didn't do know that he... Um, did many many portraits of her and he had an unfinished one that he kept until he died in his studio with him so uh, you know which, whichever way whatever it was they were at least very very close friends mm. um, probably that's where it, it ended but you know we don't know so there we go wow. so she fascinated the public I mean really fascinated it. and so she, she she knows of course all these um, prints have been um, bought and sold around the place and she's obviously very aware that her image is gracing you know it would be the kind of the the, the Georgian version of having the sort of Pirelli calendar up on the wall of the garage you know what I mean mm. like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she, she's on walls everywhere or, or actually well not just not really walls because they're not big prints they're small the gentlemen were keeping her in their snuff box or Ooh. in lockets and things like that so you know quite exciting um, to be sort of a, 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 a cheeky little secret that they're kind of keeping in their pocket Oh, I wonder um, if there's, you know, been through the years, kind of at auction, 
um, little images of her oh, and like love lockets and things. I don't, you know, I don't know. I never thought to look into that, but I mean, almost certainly mm. she's got to have popped up somewhere. Mm. So she decides, and because she's getting all of this jip from the newspapers as well, and she's, she's thinking, look, you know, I'm not, not really down with this. She takes out a notice in a newspaper to call out this abuse. Um, and she also uses the opportunity to moan about people gawping at her in prints. Oh. oh my god but what so she's she's kind of saying out loud that she's not she's not into it well is she she is clearly she? is or, or i mean is she, she was, or is she, she going wearing any pants on a horse for or is she sake. actually going oh no don't look at me oh no oh doing that thing yeah. where it's like i really don't want you to look yeah like, emphasis Please on the look. word look Ooh, you know yeah and so basically she, she's using this. She's At one point she's sort of being serious about the abuse in the newspaper and she's then sort of putting this out there going, also please, please don't look at me in prints. <laughs> can you imagine? And of course people are... People are that soft-spoken. People can sort of take that seriously because she's being serious about the other bit. Yeah. As so people are going to go, oh, well, you know, brilliant. Oh, there's prints out there. Like, why, yeah, yeah why wouldn't she want me to look? I'm definitely going to look. Exactly. What is she afraid of? Yeah, what it's making got? me want to Google her right now. Exactly. You know, what, what, what's she showing in the print? That kind of thing. Yeah, so what's she, what she, what she want to hide? So, of course, this sells more prints. And she goes up. She goes up. Well, you know, and of course, Fisher. You know what I mean? It's like, it's such kind of orchestrated PR. It's yeah. absolutely brilliant. And so there's a satirical poem as well that's published around this time about her turning nobleman into fisherman. Brilliant. Really, really good. Yep, loving that. And so you would assume that if she doesn't like all of this attention and doesn't like all of these newspapers, you know, calling her out on this stuff, she's going to go a little bit quiet, right? Yeah, she's not going to be creating slogans. Well, she, of course, is loving the attention. So she decides she's going to play this up. And she poses for a portrait, not with Joshua Reynolds this time, by his uh, rival, a chap called Nathaniel Hone. And she is dressed in a very sheer dress. So, you know, there's there's a hint of excitement underneath. And next to her is a bowl. And in that bowl, there's loads of fish. And at the side of the bowl is a little (gasps) kitten who is putting its paw in. Oh and trying God, to scoop love the fish this. out. Isn't it amazing? Oh my and God. if you look really carefully in the goldfish bowl, go and, go and have a little Google of it, you'll see there's the reflection of a window. And in that reflection of the window are the silhouettes of loads of people basically adoring <gasps> her, looking in at the window. Yeah. Oh, like looking in into a fish bowl. Absolutely. Like you would, like you would, wouldn't you? Oh my God, that's brilliant. That's by Nathaniel Nathaniel Hone. And you can see it. No, it's not open at the minute because it's the National Portrait Gallery. But when it's, when that's open. Oh, that's go on and our see. list. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's, I just, it's so brilliant. She's, you know, I love the kind of the, all the nuance and everything going on in there. She's going, oh, oh no, don't say that about me, but here's a picture. Yeah. It's just <laughs> wonderful. I love that. Absolutely wonderful. So, of course, you know, if you are going to be trying to keep the, the pages all about you, you, they've got to have stuff to gossip about. So you need, um, you need a bit of a rivalry, right? Yeah. And she finds a bit of rivalry with a lady called Lady Coventry. Mm. Uh, lady Coventry has been, you know, kind of classic Georgian woman. She's managed to find herself a, a rich match. Um, and her mother sort of helped out with all of this. And it's rumoured that Kitty has an affair with Lord Coventry himself. So his wife, a lady called Maria Gunning, not happy about this. And it is said that they came, um, so that, I say it's said, but it, it's written down by somebody that she saw them um, come face to face one day in a park, probably St. James's Park, we don't know. Uh, and they basically squared off against each other. Oh. And the, so it's this, this 
this female author who, who writes about this and she said that they um, they ran into each other and uh, Lady Coventry asked Kitty the name of the dressmaker that had made her dress and Kitty collapsed back and she says you better ask Lord Coventry he's given me the dress as a gift oh oh my god but and Maria then, comes yeah, back she, again what she say and she calls her now this doesn't sound much to our ears but this is the uh, the Georgian equivalent of really calling somebody a pretty bad word she calls her an impertinent woman oh and how does Kitty take that? Well, she kind of has to take it because she hasn't got a title like Lady Coventry. So, you know, it's all still within the remit. Right, yeah. I love this idea of them squaring she'll, she'll take that, punches. that's fine. Because, yeah. you know, she's um, obviously got to her. But she does have a little sort of retort as she leaves, something along mm. the lines of, you know, I'm going to marry a lord just like you are. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, you know, I'll be up with you marry and then I'll properly lay the smack down on you. Um, oh, God. Oh, I love that. You can imagine it like, um, I don't know, like a duel, you know, two yeah. men squaring off with their with their pistols. Yes, which because it wouldn't have been like that. It would have been two ladies just standing there and just sort of tossing a few, a few you know, um, words back and forth. But still, it's just so brilliant, isn't it? It's <laughs> yeah. so good. It's so good. Oh, now, brilliant. one person who is very um, active, um, I mean that both metaphorically and literally, in London at the time, is the Italian stallion of all time, Casanova. Oh. Casanova has come, he's, well, he's actually Anglo-Italian, apparently, and he'd spent quite a lot of time in London. Um, and we have quite a bit of an account from Casanova about Katie Fisher, and he remarks on her lifestyle, and he says that she lives and I quote, in the greatest possible splendour, and that she spends about £12,000 a year. £12,000 a year? Do you want to have a guess how much that is in modern money? Gosh, is it around... £500,000? 1.2 million. 1.2 1.2 million what yes. the hell is she buying well i mean she's what not buying, she buying any knickers <laughs> clearly not new pants please there we go new pants uh, please there we new go hannah please, one for you <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so she she's she's got money and so this you kind of show it shows how so i mentioned at the start that the georgian sex trade brought in an awful lot of money it was a really really wealthy industry and you can imagine when people are earning not everybody of course but people like kitty fisher are earning enough to be able to just spend over a million or the equivalent of over a million pounds a year on just stuff and things you know going out jewels whatever she's making a lot isn't she you know wow she's, she's, I, yeah at the start i called her a floozy she's a very intelligent woman <laughs> i take that back now <laughs> apologize to any fishers out there related to her yeah Gosh. And she's also apparently he he says that she has liveried servants as well. And this is the first, you know, bear in mind she's not actually aristocratic. Mm. She has come from that low and mean and humble birth. So she's still not theoretically she hasn't got a title. She's not aristocratic. So she but she does have money. And so she's the first of her social class to employ liveried servants as well. Wow. And do you know where she was living? Did you say? Um, yeah, so she was living in Mayfair in um, Carrington Street at one point. Okay. Um, she wasn't there the whole time, but we don't really know where she was other than that. But mm. um, Carrington Street is, they, I think, they, do they have a blue plaque to her there? Anyway, that's where um, she was living, particularly at, the, at this time. Mm. Um, Casanova also says that he comes to the house that she's living uh, and he says that she was, he saw her, she was waiting to be picked up to go to the opera by a keeper. Um, and he says she's dripping in diamonds that are worth at least 
100,000 crowns. Now, 100,000 crowns would equate to over 20,000 pounds today. So she's dripping in dollars. And actually, I feel like that might be a, a slightly conservative estimate, to be honest, because um, I'm not sure you'd get that many diamonds for 20,000 pounds. But anyway. Wow. I mean, would Lady Cavendish be dripping in this many diamonds? Oh, I so. well, I mean, possibly, but, oh, maybe, maybe. but she's buying them for herself, of course. You know, well, she, yes, no, she, would be she being, doesn't need a man to buy them She would them be her. being bought them as well from oh. suitors and things like that. But she's also got enough cash to be able to buy herself to lovely to get stuff. Herself. Yeah. <gasps> wow. Now, this is where um, Casanova also makes a very bold claim that I have to say I don't particularly believe. He says that he was offered her for 10 guineas for that night. Now, 10 guineas, um, a guinea is about, is about £1.5. So he's being offered her for about £10, right? Mm. Now, when you, norm- when you think that that very same day he had seen her supposedly well okay so she she would demand normally 100 guineas for the night which would pro- uh, equates to about 22 23000 pounds today bloody her hell. night so so casanova's going i've been offered her for 10 guineas and he says that very same night he'd seen her put a banknote for 100 pounds between two slices of bread and eat it because she'd been offered that much and she was like this is ridiculous and she rejected that as a paltry sum and um yeah and, and um and, and that kind of became legend and, and actually reports vary as to whether it's 20 pounds 100 pounds whatever Casanova says 100 pounds but you know that is just fantastic like that image whether it actually happened or not that she put a note in between two pieces it of bread. It does seem to have happened. That's hilarious. But we're just a bit not clear on exactly how much it was. I've heard a lot wow. of reports it was 20. And I, whether or not Casanova saw that or whether he was taking it, as a, you know, secondhand, I don't know. But yeah. essentially, she put money between bread and ate it because she was like, this is not enough for me. Wow. So the fact that he says he's offered over 10 guineas for that night seems a trifle... Uh, optimistic yes if it is true is it because she was you know so kind of business orientated that she knew that by having a night with Casanova it was going to project her even more see Casanova's kind of a bit broke by this point he hasn't got a huge amount of money Um, oh so maybe that's how much he could offer Possibly. And she rejected him, so he was like, "Well, this is this well, is this the is it. from her. This is it, and this is what I love." And it it seems a little bit like kind of you know that online dating thing where, you know, somebody sort of propositions you and you say, "Oh, you know, no thanks," or you go on a date and they say, "No thanks," and you come back and they go, "Well, you're ugly anyway." Yeah, yeah. This yeah, is what yeah. it seems because he says that he turned her down because she didn't speak French and he wanted all of his senses to be titillated. Oh, and shut that up, does, exactly. That does strike me a little bit of like, "Well, I didn't fancy you anyway." Yeah, Do you know absolutely, what I mean. Absolutely. So whatever, but that's what Casanova says. So we'll, we'll go with we'll go with <laughs> Casanova or whatever. But she did know her own merit, and so she, you know, she would. She set her price, like I say, 100 guineas for the night, mm. which is a huge amount of money. And she never seemed to be without takers, even at that price. She would always be busy. You know, you think she wouldn't be charging that if she couldn't actually make that. You'd be dropping your price. You'd be taking Casanova for 10 guineas if you couldn't yeah. get what you were after. Um, so there are people who are, you know, are, are taking her up on it. I can't believe how much she'd get a night. Yeah, I know. I know. Wow. And bear in mind, by this point, she's only in her early 20s. You know, incredible. It's so so. Seventeen fifty nine is when she meets Joshua Reynolds and he starts doing portraits, and she's about eighteen, possibly nineteen then. Um, she decides to come out of the industry because you remember I told you about Lady Coventry, and she said, "I'm you know I'm going to marry a lord one day." Well, mm-hmm. she kind of does, not quite a, a lord, but an MP. She goes off in seventeen sixty six, and she marries a chap called John Norris, who is the MP of Rye. Now, 
John Norris had a bit of a reputation for being um, a, a bit fast and loose with money. He'd lost an awful lot of money. And Kitty kind of... And actually, a lot of his friends were like, you're settling down with a, a courtesan. I mean, she's the most famous woman in the country. But still, they're like, oh. There's still that kind of double standards thing of, we love yeah. her, but also... Mm, yeah, she's you know, in a different box. Terrible, moral, immoral woman. But Kitty basically says... She gets him to kind of stop gambling, to clean up his act a little bit, and she starts to rebuild his fortune. Um, he's also not on great terms with his family. She mends that link as well. And she basically goes out... Um, she, she leaves the, the sex industry. She goes out to, um, uh, to to live with him, and she does an awful lot of stuff for helping the poor. You know, she, bear in mind, she's come from quite humble stock. And so she goes and does a lot of things with the locals and she becomes a bit of a philanthropist in her own right. And then, do you think this story is going to end happily or sadly? I think happily, due, um, only due to the fact that you said earlier, oh no, because you did say earlier, some, some women that we spoke about doesn't end too well. And there was an emphasis on that, so maybe it. Well, it, yeah, some some it doesn't because they don't, you know, they don't have the uh, the income that Kitty does. Well, I have to say, it doesn't end happily. Oh, I know. Within about four months of being married to John Norris, she dies. Oh, only twenty six. Was she only twenty six? Only twenty six. So all of this has happened within the space of about six or seven years. Really, quite quick. Wow. She's gone from, you know, hat maker, barmaid. Low, really low stock to the most celebrated woman in London to married to done game over wow really amazing. I mean it sounds like she she led a very fast life from what you yeah. said like it's you know I can imagine every single day there was you know electric fireworks so it, wow I mean, it, what, it would have been it would have just been probably so exciting to be around her mm. Yes, um, like you can imagine if she walked in and suddenly it's like you can hear the whispers. It's Kitty, it's Kitty, it's Kitty Fisher. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, it would have been just, just so, you know, to be sort of, you can imagine her having that aura. She would definitely have been the person who who lit up a room when she walked in. You know, well, not especially if she's wearing that many diamonds. Exactly, not least for all the twinkling diamonds. What but, is this chandelier that's walking through the door? You can just imagine, she'd be like the Beyonce of her day. You could just imagine people like, yeah. she's coming, she's coming, it's Kitty Fisher. Yeah, oh yeah, God, and then suddenly everyone's silent and just like yeah. looking at her. And she oh would, you God. can just imagine her commanding a room. Yeah, and she's like, oh, don't look at me. Yeah. Well, no, I think in a room she'd be like, yeah, look at me, drink me <laughs> <Yeah>. in. <laughs> Who's going to buy me amazing. a drink? Um, so we don't one of the things we don't know how she dies we think it might be um, the effects of the lead cosmetics she was wearing okay it could be smallpox it could be consumption TB you know that kind of thing Um, we don't know but what we do know is that when she knew she was on her way out she made one last request and she asked to be buried in her best ball gown oh this is there are so many Potential podcast pedestals here. Know, right? <laughs> um, she yeah. requested to be buried in her ball gown. Her ball gown. So she's buried in Benenden Churchyard. Benenden's in Kent. Um, and oh so and she's there in her best goodness. ball gown. Yeah. I, that's such a good... I, You know, I'm going to think about that, actually. And, I mean, I don't have anything in my wardrobe as yet that I would really be wanting you don't have 22,000 pounds of diamonds that you wear on the way to the opera how very you know no, how, not yet how, how but I hope in the next couple of years of course now I always say to people 
um, that you are never famous in this country until you've had a pub named after you. Because oh, clearly, there you know, there is a pub, isn't there? There is a pub in Mayfair. It's called the Kitty Fisher, as you might imagine. Mm. And it's just around the corner from um, Carrington Road or Street, where, where she used to live, um, just around there. And so, and it's quite, it's a really good pub, actually, and very good food. It's like kind of gastro pub. Mm. Um, but, and, and yeah, other than that, we don't really have too much about her. But I, I find her such a fascinating woman and somebody who has been able to just command the public narrative um, for so long. Wow. Just by I, virtue of, of being, I mean, really astute and, and just so knowing what her, her sort of selling points were, knowing how to play it. And I mean, what an amazing woman. Yeah, I'm a I'm a complete fan of Kitty yeah. Fisher's. Likewise. I, yeah, I'm in awe. So there we go. Awe That's the amazing her. Kitty Fisher. Wow, thank you so much, Alex. <laughs> and that was that was quite sexy. Wow. A little bit sexy. A little yeah. Bit sexy. And so if you want to know more about the Georgian sex trade, like I said, do this harlot's walk. I do it publicly and privately. So if you want to come and do it, please do. It's my favourite thing to, to guide at the moment. Um, yeah. Brilliant. Come and, come and uh, walk the footsteps of Kitty Fisher and other famed harlots. Ooh. Wow. Podcast pedestal. And as mentioned, so many podcast pedestal crux yeah. points. Yeah. What are you going to go for? I'm going to let you have first first dibs this week. Are you? I am. Okay. You don't like that though, do you? No, I do. I just thought you do all the time, which is very nice. But I'm going to take it. So, <laughs> 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 um, I would like to go for riding a horse commando. I thought you might go for that. I thought you might. Well, it was a toss up between that and the sandwich. Yeah. I mean, there's so many brilliant ones. Um, if you're going to go for that one, I'll go for the sandwich. I'll go for the eating. You're going to go for the... Eating the banknote in, as, eating in the sandwich. the banknote. The money sandwich. Yeah. Money sandwich money or riding a horse commando style. Absolutely. Those are your options. Yeah, or rather the fall from the horse because it was the fall from the horse that, you know, knickers, with no knickers that... Uh... Do you think? No, because she was still on the horse. True, fair enough. Well, no the, the whole the, that story then, that that thing, yeah. That thing, yeah. that whole thing. Yeah, that whole yeah. episode. Riding Commando. Yes, Riding Commando. <laughs> about so the there we go. Though. Those are your options for this week. Riding Commando and um, the money sandwich where she put uh, a banknote between two slices of bread and ate it as as a, 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 a repost at such a paltry sum being offered to her. Oh, I love that so much. I really want to draw it. Okay. It's like... Oh, do it yeah do it. Um, hilarious great well thank you so much um, is the Kit Kat Club named after her do you think uh, no that's not named after her oh no okay not to my knowledge anyway alright no. um, so that's maybe my, one for another day my, one for another day yeah yeah <laughs> um, it's my turn next week or is there yes. anything that you want to... You spoke about your harlots tour. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Oh, actually, yeah, this Sunday. Is it this Sunday? Let me just double check. It's either Saturday or Sunday. Um, it's this Sunday. I have a public tour of Greenwich. We've got a few people booked on it already. Um, it's 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, and we're going to be discovering the amazing maritime centre of Greenwich and looking at the Meridian Line and the uh, Naval College and all the stories uh, that are linked to Greenwich. So please do come. It's only £15. Uh, it's on my website, alexlacey.com. And yeah, you'll be with a, gr- a good group of people. Um, come and join me. Excellent. Love Greenwich. Haven't been there for a little while now. Lovely. Um, great. Well, I'm just... Uh 
just being a mum. Just being a mum. I was going to say, <laughs> have you got anything, a uh, anything going on that you're... Uh, you want to chat about? No, I haven't put any new tours up as yet. I think I probably will for September. Nice. Um, but yeah. right now, my little munchkin is keeping me <laughs> very, very busy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but I will keep you, keep you posted. Fab. The Wheel of Destiny. I'm going to go for it, Alex. I'm just going to spin the wheel, see what happens. Yeah, are you thinking people, place, event? What are you thinking? Um, I'm. I'd like to go for an an event or, right, okay. or something. I think we've had quite a few people recently, so let's go for it. All right, let's go. For it. Alex, it's landed. Actually, no, I don't think we were here on our first episode because it was the beer flood. Maybe the second it episode. Was... You remember? Uh, was that is that Captain Bly? Yes, do you remember so, when uh, was... whopping? Yes, it's yeah, landed right. in what 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 whopping. You hate me so much. Don't you? <laughs> well, it's just hard to edit these stupid things out. <laughs> <laughs> Rude. Um, whopping. Okay, so. Well, you've got so many pubs. You've got the Captain Kid pub. You've got, got Blue Coat School there. The Blue Coat School. And we could just you've do Pirates London Execution Docks, Dock. Pirates. Uh, got tobacco Dock and a bit ooh, of um. You've of got ships. oh, I, actually, I'm going to do the Rotherhive Tunnel. <gasps> oh yeah. Yes, because going from I mean today I won't say too much, but a, a train will take you under the Thames from Rotherhive yeah. to Wapping and that was the first under underwater tunnel in the world yeah so I'm going to uh, I'm going to talk about the Thames tunnel I was thinking about doing a reel on that very thing um, on Instagram uh, so that, that works quite nicely yeah fabulous the Thames tunnel so yeah let's do that brilliant yay there's some great stories with that I'm yeah. not going to ruin it now but yeah you might think oh it's a tunnel it's an amazing tunnel it's an amazing <laughs> tunnel yeah <laughs> Big up the tunnel. Big up the tunnel. <laughs> so there we go. That's it for this week. That's it. A bit of a uh, bit of sexy Kitty Fisher talk and a bit of tunnel for next week. I mean, the Ooh, two go together. Uh, <laughs> Such a filthy mind. I have to edit myself now. Yeah. Um, but there we go. Come and say hi on Instagram or drop us an email if you like. And um, please leave a review, rate and subscribe and all that kind of stuff. Because um, we're trying to grow the podcast. And um, we've, we're, we're, we've got a couple of things that we're doing, which we're going to let you know about probably next week. Yeah. Um, a few developments. But um, please do let people know. I know some of you have brought friends along to listen, but we really want to grow the podcast. And, oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Please spread so. the word. Please spread the word do. like butter. Yeah. Abs- like, like butter. Interesting. Intriguing. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next week. Enjoy, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.